Hi, and welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots, the podcast where I chat about the connection between meaningful work and intentional family with a specific perspective on motherhood and creativity, whether in or out of the arts. But as I'm an actor and I come from the art world, that is definitely where I speak from. So you are most welcome to join us today and I hope you are well. So today I really want to talk about intentional family. Now, obviously, there is the obvious intentional family side of having a family. You know, I'm a mother, I've got four kids, a husband, and family life is my norm. However, family is something that we are all born into to one degree or another. And I think there is a lot that we can learn from how we approach family in our day-to-day lives and especially in our creativity and our work. How often have you walked into a family situation and really felt the warmth and the love and thought, yeah, I want to hang out in this space with these people. I see the way they're interacting with each other. No, it's not perfect. No, it's not always, oh, yes, thank you very much. And please pass me the salt. Maybe it is. In which case, cool. But how often have you been in an environment that just feels hospitable? Creating an environment where people can relax into it, feel welcome to express themselves, can catch the tone of the environment that you're in and and go, I want to be here. I want more of this. I feel like I'm released to grow more and discover more of what I think and interact and build relationships. These kinds of places are absolutely crucial for each of us we all need places where we just go and we feel safe and in the process of feeling safe we are in a position where we can grow and we can discover more of who we are in an environment that allows us to figure that stuff out now family doesn't always work like that sometimes family situations are very volatile and very difficult but the difference between intentional family and just family that happens is there is a level of intentionality obviously, given the title. And it strikes me that you can just have kids and suddenly you're a family. Or you can have kids and choose to be a family, choose to build an environment, an atmosphere that allows for that peace, that sense of flow, that environment that allows for discovering who you are in a safe space where you can make mistakes, you can fall apart, you can get things wrong, You can let those big emotions come and affect you without feeling like you're not allowed to have them, without feeling like they're so terrifying that the people who are in charge of you or managing you or parenting you, that they're able to handle it and receive it and not necessarily take all the crap you give them when you're being aggressive, but will give you room to have those big feelings without feeling like you've got to be shut down. We can choose, especially as mums, we can choose how much we create an environment where people are allowed to figure themselves out. And We don't figure ourselves out in isolation. We figure ourselves out in relation to other people. And that's not the same as going everything is relative. It's just recognizing that by being connected to other people, we see where we differ and where we're the same. I think when we make work, especially when it's with other people, like when we make work on our own, we can create our own sense of family within our own heads, i.e. not beating ourselves up when we have the big emotions and feel frustrated or blocked or stuck. But we can also be kind when we're struggling to get something right or can't figure out a way forward or having an emotional outburst and not beat ourselves up when we're not doing what we think we should be doing. But particularly when we are working with other people, we can choose to create an intentional family. And that doesn't have to be really cheesy, like we're all family here, everyone's family, and then everyone else is going, I don't know which one you're in, but no. But you can create an environment that is safe, that is welcoming 
that builds a sense of camaraderie, that allows people to make mistakes and try out new ideas without feeling like they're going to be looked down upon or judged for being stupid or for not towing the party line. You know, if your kid suddenly comes in and wants purple hair, you might be a bit unsure when they're seven and they've decided they want purple hair. And maybe you're not somebody who dyes your hair a lot and you're a bit like, "Mm, well, your hair's lovely and I don't want you to lose it. You can deal with that in a couple of ways. You can either go, nope, you're not dyeing your hair, you're not allowed to. Or you can chat about it and see how much they want to dye it or whether they just want some cool purple spray in it or whether you want to try out, you know, hair chalks or, or whether they really do. And whether it's because they're feeling insecure in their own colour or if it's just because they're creative and like the idea of lots of colour. You know, you can figure out an environment that allows them to explore this before you commit to saying to them, no, you can't dye your hair or yes, you can. Sometimes it's not very helpful for you to say, "Okay, here's the peroxide and here's the purple dye, go nuts, because that might not be actually what they need. They might just need to explore the idea and go, I just didn't know there were other ways to have purple in my hair. It's a kind of a silly example, but it's something that I think we can go, no, no, I wasn't allowed to dye my hair until I was definitely a teenager. And then I was encouraged, well, I, I got round it by using wash in, wash outs, which never quite wash out straight away. But, you know, a few washes and it's not quite so tinted. And I have always loved makeup. And one of the things I love about makeup is the way you can create an entirely different look, the way you can use colour, the way you can experiment with how open your eyes look or how closed they look, how sleepy or how awake. The way you can just transform, and that's the actor part in me. All along I've loved this. I remember one time I stuck on a load of dark eyeliner under my eyes, drew on heavy eyebrows and a beard, wore my gold earring, tied a handkerchief around my head and wore my stripy t-shirt and came out one Sunday afternoon and my mum was a little bit startled to see a pirate. But, you know, it was cool. I've always loved playing with makeup and experimenting and going, oh, how does this look? Whether I have a bird on my face or whatever. Recognising where your kid is at allows you to be intentional about creating an atmosphere that they can explore that without automatically jumping in and saying, oh, you want to be all a makeup person or you want to have purple hair. Right, we'll do it. We'll definitely do it. We're supportive of you having purple hair because maybe they don't want purple hair. Maybe they'd just like to see how a bit more colour looks in their life, you know? But if you create an environment that allows them to talk about it and bring it up without being so quick to cast your own judgment or aspersions on what that means, you create a very safe environment for them to figure themselves out. In the same way, when you are making work with people, if we create an environment where there's no stupid remarks, there's no downplaying, there's no Well, it doesn't really work with the vision, so you can't do it. You know, try it. One of the best things best directors do is by saying to you as an actor on stage, try it. You know, you're having a go in rehearsal. I feel like I want to move here. Well, try and see. You start to realise quite quickly whether, yeah, that move worked or no, it didn't work. And you try something else and it works accordingly. And I think we need to create environments where people feel safe to be themselves, where they feel safe to explore, where we are actively trying to make people feel welcome where we're trying to do things that enable more connection not just with the work itself but with the people making the work you know if people are going through a hard time at home no right in the middle of dealing with a particular scene isn't necessarily the time to have a big heart to heart but assuming that they've somehow got to leave their emotions at home when they are filling their whole life and self and expect them to somehow stick that on ice while you do things. You know, there's there's dealing with an emergency where you have to go, I've got to deal with this cut that's open in front of me and then I'll move on and then I'll have a cry about it. Absolutely. But 
allowing people to feel like there is a space where they can chat. Sometimes you can put the program on hold for the person. Sometimes that means just pausing the rehearsal and saying, okay, Jed's having a trouble and you're really struggling. Let's just extend this conversation and say, all right, why don't, and releasing everybody saying, why don't we allow some space, go off and work on something, we'll just chat and then we'll come back to this. We'll give it half an hour. Do you know what? Then Jed is going to be able to do far better work because he's got it off his chest. He's been heard. He's felt received and understood and welcomed and people have taken some time to empathize with him. Empathy is so key in family. We don't always do it well. We don't do it in work life well. Sometimes we're so quick to say, hey, how are you? Not really listening. And we don't always do it in family well. My daughter at the moment is sort of turning nine, well, she's nine and a half-ish, so she's in that in-betweeny stage where lots of things are changing and she's feeling a lot of feels. And she's a lot like me. So, you know, for those of you who know anything about the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram 4 with a three wing. So I have all the feels, all the feelings and all the words. And I'm seeing in her a certain amount of, I'm not enjoying this, or I, I feel really just emotional and I don't know why. And sometimes I need her to just get on with the thing she's doing because it's time sensitive or there's a pressure. Sometimes I don't need her to get the thing done, but I would like her to. And then in those moments, I could do with pausing and leaning in. The other day, she had a moment where she told me her eyebrows and her eyes hurt and then subsequently flopped on the sofa and didn't want to help out with a dishwasher, which really annoyed me. To be fair, I think she did have some sore pain. It was also a bit classic. And if she'd been a bit more honest and just said, I just don't want to do this, then at least I'd know where we stood. But credit to her, she flopped on the sofa for a while. And then when I did get up to do it myself, she came and helped. So, you know, job done. But actually, I think I could have handled that better. I just got kind of annoyed with her and felt frustrated because I felt like she was trying to hoodwink me. Whereas the truth is, she was just having a lot of feelings. And she's nine. And I'm not. And sometimes you just have to remind yourself that it's all right to pause and be where you are. You're not going to do anything better if you push through. So you might as well pause and be where you are. And sometimes that's recognizing that she doesn't know what's upsetting her. And she doesn't know what's making her stressed out or feeling a bit like meh. And sometimes that means she can go and have a bath or go and lie down for a bit. Maybe she needs some space. Maybe she needs to chat. Maybe we just need to do something entirely different. And in the same way, when we're working with other people... We don't always do it well. We're like, move on, quick, get jobs, jobs important, get the job done. And yet it's always got to be people over programs. Yes, the programs have to get done. But once you've spent 20 minutes really listening and asking helpful questions and engaging with Jed of, you know, previous rehearsal fame, engaging with him and allowing him the space to get some of it off his chest and maybe asking some questions or a word of wisdom or something that just allows him to have a different perspective, not necessarily how to deal with the situation, but just offer him some hope and perspective, he's going to be able to engage far better with the working process. If you don't do that, he might be able to squeeze his heart, shove it to one side and do the job at hand. But chances are his work's not going to be as good. His heart's not going to be in it. And you're not going to achieve anything like the same progress you were hoping for. I think we can choose to bring family to wherever we are. And we can choose in our families to bring family to wherever we are. We can choose to lean in and go, do you know what? Yeah, the washing up needs to get done, but actually right now we just need to cuddle. Yeah, the homework needs to get done, but do you know what? My kid needs an early night and me to snuggle him to sleep and to just let him rest. And I'll write a note to his teacher in the morning and tell him that the homework hasn't been done and you'll see to it and please give the kid a break. We can choose that. We can choose to sometimes go, do you know what? We've hit that point in our work 
our project, whatever we're working on when we're no longer productive. Let's all go for a walk. Let's go get some coffee. Let's just have a kick about and chat and head home early. Because when we have an atmosphere that's not all about the productivity and what we can achieve and get done, we have far more chance of making better work, but also having people who long to keep coming back, who want to return to that atmosphere, who want to bring other people into that atmosphere. Those of us who are parents might sometimes think it would be nice to have the house back so that we don't have to always have people interrupting every three seconds. But truthfully, it's wonderful feeling like your house is full of people who want to be there, just as it is throwing a party. Yes, it's nice to have some space, but you don't want the people who matter most to you to feel like they don't, they're not really allowed to come back. Surely we want them to bring their future partners and spouses and grandkids over. Surely we want people who want to return to our company again and again who want to work with us again and again because the feeling they had in the process of doing that was so special. Maybe being a bit countercultural is by deliberately trying to create an environment and atmosphere of welcome, of kindness, of empathy and of family. I think the work we make off the back of that will be infinitely better. And I think that starts to translate and resonate with the people who come to see it or get involved with it. And I think it's worth every effort to do so if you would like to connect with me further then hop on over to createperformandmother.com and sign up to my email list I do a monthly email where I give you updates on what I'm working on and thoughts about mothering and creativity and insight and links to things that I'm finding really helpful at the moment so if you're interested then do sign up there it's also a really great way to connect with me Alternatively, you can find me on various points in social media. All the links are in the show notes below. And I would like to wish you a wonderful week filled with meaningful work and intentional family. God bless.